you guys uh, good uh how is your internet situation unchanged unsurprisingly uh, oh okay. really yeah so at least so I you're have... saying without competition from market forces they still treat you like a farm animal hey man they hooked up a uh, person across the street <laughs> <laughs> they probably didn't even ask for it yeah i don't know i haven't talked to her she's the lady who runs our post office in town so I should go by and ask if she actually signed up. Do you? Does your town have a prospector? Prospector? Has been like a prospecting for gold? No, sadly. That's the vibe I get from your town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I imagine your town, and it looks a lot like Deadwood to me. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's probably probably a mix of like Deadwood and uh, what's the close? Maybe Slainsville, West Virginia. Um, so y'all, y'all got your encased meats ready to go for, uh, for opening night? Yeah. I might miss, I, the, I might I miss have... the start of it. I'll be, I'll be drinking, uh, some, one of, like, 30 IPAs at, uh, some bar in Livermore, California instead, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I have Oberon, which is my baseball beer, and I have di- two different types of encased meats, so brats and hot dogs, probably on the menu. Yeah, if I were home, nice. I'd be I'd be cracking open my uh, my reserve case of spotted cow. But I say uh, I say specifically for this, but then I I'm out of town. So I've got I've got uh, jalapeno cheddar worst, uh, and then uh, a max. What's that? I said, of course you do. But then you're in Minnesota, not Wisconsin, so maybe it's slightly less expected. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Uh, I just, you know, if you can put, like, this is the, this is the thing. We're Minnesota. Minneapolis is the home of the Juicy Lucy, so we love to stuff our meats with cheeses. Um, I, I don't know. Are you guys familiar with that? No, it's a Juicy Lucy. Juicy Lucy is where they take um, two. The traditional design is you take uh, two uh, hamburger patties and you take a big wad of cheese. And you put the wad of cheese between the two big hamburger patties, and then you you like crimp the hamburger patties around the cheese, and then you cook it so that the cheese becomes like molten lava essentially, uh, and then uh, and and serve. Uh, and uh, it's it's a Minnesota delight. Oh, yeah, I, I can. Uh, you could probably hear my arteries clogging from here. <laughs> oh yeah, you gonna like I eat maybe one a year, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're delight and there's so there's uh there's a the the best place to get them in Minneapolis in my opinion is uh, this place called the Blue Door Pub that sells that that does them uh, Jiffy style where you get not only the cheese stuffed into the burger but they also serve it with uh, bacon mayonnaise and peanut butter um, and a pickle and it is the greatest thing I've ever put in my face ever. yeah that sounds pretty great <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be in, anyway. I'm gonna be in Arizona next week. I need to look out for what the uh, Dbax equivalent of that is. <laughs> um, so, since this week is always ludicrous ballpark food unveiling week. 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I saw one with Fruit Loops, a hot dog with Fruit Loops on it for some reason. I did. I think that did was that... a. I think that was a minor league park, though. I feel like that's like not even trying. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, eventually, they just keep pushing the envelope year after year. But yeah, they. I think my favorite of like the absurd food, like the the Beloit Snappers have this this weird burger where it's like I can't remember what they call it, but it's like a brat sliced in half and put on top of a burger, and uh, it's it sounds like I would get that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it would be. It's it's wonderful. It's very good. But uh, that sounds, I think that's my sounds similar to what I'm planning for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bar there's a texas barbecue place up here that just opened and they've got a sandwich that's basically like brisket topped with pulled pork and then like two oh, uh hell yeah. t- two smoked sausages on top all in uh, one giant roll i'm dying for some good pulled pork god Ugh. all we have here really is like famous daves and it's terrible that's awful yeah. even indianapolis has some good barbecue places I don't know. I may I may just not be on the... I think you might have to go, not to engage in stereotypes, but I think you have to go to a shittier part of town to get the good barbecue. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you need to go to a place that does not have an A health rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, is, or, is entirely, or is entirely outdoors. That's how you know it's I, legit. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I need to find like some hole-in-the-wall place that... Uh, yeah. I'm sure it exists. i got to find it. So, I think tomorrow is a pretty important day. Uh, in what sense? I think uh, it's only five games left until the Warriors' season's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are they going to break the record? I haven't paying any attention. I don't actually think so. Like, if we want to make this basketball chat. If they're not as good a team in the past, you know, 10, 15 games as they were at the beginning of the year. And they have a very difficult schedule to end the season. Again, twice against the Spurs, which are actually the better team, I would say. Yeah, but I so, feel like I feel like I know, saw something that the Spurs are basically gonna rest everyone in this yeah, last I week. Guess, I guess that's possible. If, you know, they tried, I don't think that the Warriors would be better than, you know, thirty or forty percent to win it. Yeah. To win seventy three, I mean. They're still like, the Warriors are still the best team going into the playoffs, though, right? Oh, I mean, for sure, for sure they are. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like at the beginning of the season it was them, and then you know there was a pretty sizable gap, and then the Spurs, and then there was a huge ocean, and then it was everyone else. Now right. it's like the Warriors are still the best team, but the Spurs are like right there. You wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if they won a series between the two. Yeah, and sure. then it's a and then it's a still it's a pretty long way till you get to like. The Cavs and even the Cavs suck, and the Thunder are pretty good, but they're—I mean—they have no chance against hey, either of those teams in the playoffs. A team that prominently involves Kevin Love sucks. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In Minnesota, we have no 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 knowledge of that situation. Hey, well, most most uh, back when I followed the NBA was back in the Wally Serbiak days, so I can't really. Uh... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Jump in on this conversation, other than the big headlines that I see. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, we want to start hitting the agenda here. We got. Yep. All right. Well, 
Somehow, it's despite the fact that there is baseball that counts on TV right now, uh, it still feels like okay. still feels like we got another two weeks of spring training somehow. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's been so endless this year. Thank goodness, no, thank goodness, no one got injured. Yeah, I think in previous years it didn't seem so long because it meant something as far as like there were only eight major league caliber players in our camp so we got and to it was your find chance. out other 17 players were going to be on the team and it's your but chance now to see Javi Baez and everyone else too yeah well and also also I think like in you know in the past couple of years it, it seems like it's felt more of a slog I think to me because we've seen such a growth in uh like there's there's so much like Twitter video and stuff like that that you're starting to see more of it in February of guys just like you know before the spring yeah. training games actually start. That's um, a really good yeah. So you're getting an extra two weeks of like being able to take a look at guys and like see what they're doing and like watch drills and to get video from this and that and so on and so forth. And it's like you get the set like before you know like I remember like when I was in college like it felt like spring training didn't really start until you know like the f- well into the first week of March because, like, that was when they started picking up, uh, the, the, the TV schedule started picking up and you could, like, mm-hmm. um, like, they, you know, I don't think they were even, like, radio broadcasting every game. They would, they um, would just do it on the weekends, usually. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, there was, like, like, I think the, the increased access has really, um, has, has stretched that and contributed to it feeling like a death march. Yeah, I remember checking checking a few weeks ago, and that like you know, from whatever day that was, sometime in mid March to now, there were only like two, maybe three games that weren't televised. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. just unreal to my ten years ago self. <laughs> I think yeah, a lot of it too is that uh, before this was our chance to see minor league players, and now there's so much focus on that that it isn't as exciting to see Wilson Contreras because if you want to see Wilson Contreras in May, you can easily do so. And there are a hundred different ways to do that. Yeah. Thank goodness it's over. So no, like, no major injuries. Even the blis- yeah. even the blister doesn't seem like a big deal. This is no. good. The important the important thing I think we're learning is that increased access to baseball makes it less fun. So um, <laughs> good for us. This is real. It really bodes well for the future of baseball. <laughs> no, it's almost it's almost kind of a weird extension of like you know kind of like the second half of last year, which I don't happen or I hope doesn't happen again uh, this year, where I was like, all right, let's get to the playoffs. <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah. stop paying attention for two months. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, and it's weird because it wasn't like, it wasn't like the playoffs were like a definite thing either. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was like, well, they, well, it's like whether they would win the division was the only suspense until the last few weeks. But right. Like they built a huge lead on the giants and then it was like, yeah, I mean, yeah. But if, you know, if all goes well, you know, this season, like we should be, I'm, I'm hoping you know, God forbid we don't get to June and feel like, all right, let's get to the playoffs. You know, like I, I really, I, I hope we build up a lead fast and big, and that the second half of the season is very boring, uh, because I feel like if it doesn't, then something has gone wrong for this team. Yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. 
So I went to the Cubs Mets spring training game yesterday. And what was that? It was not very fun. So first off, Cashman Field is a dump. It is the worst place I've watched baseball, probably. And that's mm-hmm. including I've been to the baseball stadium in Gary, Indiana a few times. <laughs> and it is the Gary, Indiana, the U.S. Steel Yard is leaps and bounds above that shithole. Wow. Yeah, I, caught, I caught some of it. And it was real weird seeing the complete lack of backstop there. Yep. Gary's really getting its act together lately. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is just basically like they made a big cement mold, dumped it in, and then, oh, I guess, I mean, this is probably a baseball stadium, right? And then they left, and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, somehow I remember it being a lot nicer when the Cubs used to play there, but maybe that was in comparison to Hocom. Well, it was Cashman Field was in Vegas. Yeah, 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 but I mean, they used to play there every year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was not. It was, I was extremely underwhelmed by basically everything, including the Cubs, who did not record a hit until the fifth inning. (laughs) It was interesting to see. Yeah. The two things that stood out to me in that game was, one, Yoana Cespedes is a very strong human being. He hit a home run that seemed to be rising as it left the field. It was probably like 460 feet. It was incredible. And then Albert Almora, you probably saw his catch. It was really, really, really nice. Yeah, I did see that. That was great. He looked like he was very comfortable playing center field, which I've heard, but when I saw him on minor league baseball TV, he never really like jumped out to me as someone who was going to be great there. And basically, well, it was one game, but he looked great yesterday. So that was nice to see. Did you drop any baseball-related bets in Vegas? Uh, I did not. I probably should have. But I did bet on the Celtics to beat the Warriors, and that happened. Nice. And that was minus, or plus 500, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm flying, flying through Vegas tomorrow, but I don't think there's a sports book. I've never flown through Vegas before, but I'm guessing there isn't a sports book in the airport, though I know you can't there, there. There isn't, but you could play one of several hundred slots. It is very depressing. <laughs> it's it's depressing when you go to 7-Eleven to get coffee and gas, and you see a row of slot machines in there, and they're full. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, it's not great. Oh, it was crazy. Like the, when I was out there, uh, I went out to, I rented a car and went out to like Henderson, Nevada, and like these, oh. like all these, like outside, like away from Vegas, like suburban Vegas and stuff. And you go into like these dive bars and you just see like sad, bored people at like I was going to be doing open mics at like one in the morning, and you just see these sad, bored people with nothing else to do but play video poker. It's like God, yep. what is the like? What is life like out here? Yeah, there's video poker at the fucking Denny's. It's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Well, they got to they be like out here. I mean, I pass like, you know, four casinos on my way to work, but, you know, they make sure they lock down the Monopoly so no one else can have it. I did. I also, I sat and just watched the, uh, like, I, w- I went to the Las Vegas Hilton and I just sat in their sports book and, like, watched everything unfold for, like, 20 minutes. And it mm-hmm. was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. <laughs> like, oh, man. It was just... 
But that's that's, that's like know. that's like top five of my list. If I ever like go to Vegas, would be to just hang out in a sports book for the day and drink. It's and just, just yeah, watch. it's it's bleak. It's so bleak. <laughs> yeah, I spent some time in the Caesar's Palace one, and it's it's pretty nice. It's crazy how big and numerous the TVs are, and everything's very comfortable. But David is right in the fact that you're basically watching people spend money they don't have on things they don't know about. Like, everyone in the world that is interested in horse racing must be at these sports books. Because I never hear anyone talking about it like they know anything. But then everyone there is like, oh yeah, I got this, this sure thing. And no, it's I not. know a guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I would, I found Vegas a very depressing place, other than yeah. uh, playing poker tournaments, because then it was just like, oh right, these are. I mean, you still had some sad people there, but you also had like some people that are like, oh right, I know that I have an advantage here. Mm-hmm. Um. I got a place to stay if I ever go. My parents have a timeshare there for some reason, which still I always forget because they don't drink or gamble. <laughs> but I also really there. love the Hoover Dam. Well, there's plenty of stuff to see. Actually, I, I think they use it as a base to go visit uh, Zion National Park in Utah. Yeah. And, you know, stuff out west, but still, like... Well, Red Rock Park's not very far. It's like a 30-minute drive. We did that, and that's is really nice. Oh, cool. I'm sure Zion's better. And Tahoe, well, Reno's pretty far. I mean, they're yeah. both in Nevada, but that's not close. Yeah, my parents like driving, but that's not close. <laughs> yeah. I really want to go out and do a Vegas golf vacation at some point when I have like legit adult money, because you can play a lot of courses out there for real cheap. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, fin- yeah. I, fin- I finally gave, gave up the ghost and got rid of my golf clubs a few years ago after I'd used them once in the past uh, 10 years. <laughs> oh, I finally, I finally sprung for new irons this year. After it, like I, I figured the last that I got, I got in two thousand three. Figure thirteen years is <laughs> enough to get out of a set of irons, and uh, can't hit them for shit. So super excited about the coming golf season. Uh, <laughs> yeah, golf season's like what six weeks in Minnesota. Oh, it's really yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> um, I went out, I went out to the driving range yesterday. And it was like 27 degrees, but the sun was out. So I was like, yeah, I can manage this, right? I got halfway through a bucket. I was like, nope, I can't feel my fingers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I've not hit one solid shot. <laughs> Carhartt doesn't sell a line of golf gloves for, for Minnesotans. <laughs> I'm sure they do, but, you know, some of us aren't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> what is this thing about Mountain Goats guy? I don't, I don't. Oh, yeah. I, did you see the files too, or not? I saw it, but I didn't listen to it because I had just been told that it was a waste of forty-five minutes of my time. Yeah, so so on effectively wild, which I've been listening to just for all the team previews this year, had their Cubs podcast last Thursday, and like they had like two guys on who wrote their wrote the chapter who were okay, but were kind of like plugging their book. But like the second guy they had on was the lead singer of the Mountain Goats, which is apparently some Indian... In, not, oh! Not Indian John band. John Darnell. <laughs> Sorry, what? John Darnell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the band is great. Yeah, like, I, I'm sure it's good. Like, I don't really listen to anything newer than, like, 1992, so I'm not familiar with it. But the guy was, like, such a total meatball that it was awful. Like, he... you could Oh, th- yeah, he doesn't know... He doesn't know anything about baseball, but... Yeah, not even that, but it was, like, you know... 
trying to remember some of the exact quotes. It was basically like, this team doesn't have a Mark Grace on it, and basically saying... Yeah, I was told he was really, really concerned that we didn't have Mark Grace on the team. Or Mark Grace type. You know, this is he, he was really, really sad that they uh, yeah. got rid of Jeff Samarja a few years ago. So he was a good character guy. You know, that's that's what this <laughs> that's what this team is missing. <laughs> he got he got really into that uh Samarja winless streak that you know, going X number of starts without a win or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, he was like every you know, every to the point where every fifth day he had like a ten tweet rampage about it, about like just how insane this was and so on and so forth. I don't know. He's a musician. He's not supposed to like sports. You know, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's fine. And that's the hot I pointed out later that you know you you'd think that uh, after years of watching seventh inning stretch, quote unquote, fans know nothing about the Cubs. We should be used to this, but yeah, exactly. You know, you get and you know, you know what you get a you get a musician that does know something about baseball like Ben Gibbard. Guess what? His band sucks. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess we don't need any uh, Pearl Jam hot takes here. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes you know nothing about baseball and your band sucks. <laughs> but uh, I hope Theo was... isn't listening, which, I mean, well, no one's listening, so like, we're safe. Yeah, it's just, it's just so annoying just to oh, have, like, we finally oh, got like, the, Cubs, the Cubs podcast, you know. People can hear stuff about this year's Cubs team, because certainly there hasn't been enough content about it this year. And mm-hmm. it's like one of, like, the biggest meatballs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You could get it. It's just real frustrating. No, well, they're trying to branch out and in- increase their audience. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I get it. Maybe they, maybe they're just big fans and wanted an excuse to talk to them. That, that, that's, that, that, that's really what it was. 98% sure. Yeah. That is the reason. Yeah. I have, like... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too forgiving with this shit, but I've, I, I'll give people a lot of leeway as far as that goes. As yeah. long as the band is good. Yeah. He also, I will, I will say this. Uh, there's a very good Mountain Goat song called "Cubs in Five. Yeah, that was not... that was one of the ones they played for the the yeah. musical interludes or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. though they also very claimed good. they also claimed that it was like the second most famous Cubs song, and I was like, what? <laughs> Steve Goodman, I mean... at least Steve Goodman only wrote wrote one song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he didn't though. Well, the dying Cubs fan, right? Yeah, yeah but he also, that's he, like the best Cubs song. Yeah, he also. Well, I mean, he also wrote "Go Cubs Go." Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, which I mean, well, which is almost as popular as Cubs and Five. Um, what's the most popular Cubs song? It's got to be "Go Cubs Go." Yeah, it's got to be. Okay, yeah. Maybe not necessarily the best, but definitely the most popular. No, it's definitely not the best. <laughs> it's not even the best Steve Goodman. Pen Cub song. Uh, did Billy Corgan write a Cub song? I don't know. I was trying to just trying to think of anything else. Oh, I think but... Eddie, I think Eddie Vedder did a couple years ago. Eddie Vedder did. Someday we'll go all the way. That was oh. like the anthem of the the season after the first Milton Bradley season. <laughs> uh, also known as the Carlos Silva season. <laughs> yeah. They're all they're all Carlos and Ronald seasons to me. Sure. <laughs> um, division wildcard predictions. Yep, I've got mine. All right, why don't you go first then? Okay, so in the National League, I have the wildcard teams as the Giants and the Pirates. 
I have the Dodgers coming out of the West, the Cubs coming out of the Central, and the Nationals coming out of the East. This, this will finally and, be the year for the Nationals. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. I look at their team, and it's still... Year one, Dusty, baby. Good. That's true. That is a problem, but I still... Oh, no. Year, year one, Dusty. Year one, Dusty. Oh, uh, I know. Okay, I know what you're saying. Well, I mean, he's yeah. still... He doesn't know the name of his best player, so there's some yeah. there's some problems there. But Look, it's okay. It's uh it's <laughs> uh it's like hiring um it's he's he at this point I think he's the Tom Thibodeau of of baseball managers. You know, you go in, you you take what you can get early on, and uh, and then when everybody starts to burn out, you let him go. Like <laughs> yeah, um. I don't know. Uh, keep going. And then in the AL, my right. wild cartoons are the Astros and the Yankees. I have the Rangers coming out of the West, the Indians coming out of the Central, and the Jays coming out of the East. And then my uh, playoffs are, I have the Cubs over the Nationals in the NLCS, the Rangers over the Indians in the AL, and then the Cubs over the Rangers in the World Series. That should be fun. I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sounds great. Let's let's count. Let's book it. Let's but, get there. <laughs> I mean, out of the ten teams I have in the playoffs, uh, I'll get like five or six probably. Especially in the AL, the AL is insane. In which there's almost no team you can't like squint. And see them making the playoffs. Yeah, especially in the yeah. AL Central and AL East. Yeah, yeah. Who did you Who did you have coming out of the AL Central? Indians. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that was. I mean, okay. I I'm doing this almost at random because I put no thought and or research into this. Uh, so, uh, all right, we'll call. Um, out of the East, I'll take the Mets. Um, Cubs out of the Central, out of the West. It's uh, it's an even year, so I'm gonna say the Giants win the West. Uh, for the wild card, I'll take the Dodgers and St. Louis because nothing is fair ever. <laughs> yep. Um. Out of the AL, um, I'll take Cleveland out of the Central. Um, boy, I don't give a shit about the West or the East. Uh, <laughs> we'll take... Uh, I'll take I'll take Houston winning the West. Um, and then... Yeah, Blue Jays probably are the best team in the East, I feel like. Um, with the wild cards going to the Angels and Red Sox. That sounds good. I guess for the Angels to make the playoffs, that means you're implying that Mike Mike Trout's going to have a 25-war season. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've done no research into this whatsoever. I'm not nail guy to begin with. <laughs> No, 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 don't be neither. It's just, it's just funny, yeah. like how awful all these teams around by Trout have been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's you, you, you believe in the fish, like. 
Um, and then playoffs, I don't, I don't know, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting disappointment, that's what I'm expecting. I don't care who wins. That's a very solid prediction. I'm, gonna, I'm anticipating... Almost certainly going to come true for you. I'm anticipating sadness. That's what I'm anticipating. Alright, so for mine, I've got the, the Mets in the NL East, Cubs in the Central, Giants in the West, Pirates and Nationals for the uh, Wild Cards... No Dodgers, because I think that their entire team will be in the hospital uh, at this rate <laughs> by June. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Half of their team is going to get injured driving the other half to the hospital. <laughs> so I actually saw, like, just before we recorded, someone had tweeted the official Dodgers DL just to start the year. You got Brett Anderson on the 60-day, Bolsinger on the regular DL, Ethier, Guerrero, Grandel, Kendrick... Some dude named Josh Raven, Hyunjin Ru, are all on the DL to start the season. Their DL is better than the Reds. Yeah. They can start the DL league. Yes. <laughs> Seager's going to put up one of those rookie Mike Trout seasons. <laughs> yeah, it would surprise me, but it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world because he's going to be very, very good. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot my AL teams. That wasn't that wasn't a serious serious prediction. I don't <laughs> give a fuck what Corey Seager does. Well, for my AL teams, I've got the Jays, Indians, and Rangers, and then the wild cards are the Astros and Tigers for the hell of it. Just because you know, I, okay. I was trying to pick that last wild card team, and I was like, just pick guys, pick teams with good players, and I was like, oh, they got Suga Cabrera and Verlander's doing weird things, so why not? <laughs> Really, I just wanted to pick against the Royals. Yeah. Did either of us pick the Royals to make the playoffs? I don't think I, I did. I don't think any of us did. I, I did yeah. not know. That's awesome. Good, and then and, and Dave David crushed uh, our 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 shutting out the Cardinals by uh, by picking them for a wild card, which yeah. is probably good to avoid the complete jinx. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I again predicting unhappiness. So. Did you see the thing? I think I must have seen a link off Bread site a while ago about um, like weird clubhouse issues or something going on with the Cardinals a few weeks ago. That's not the Cardinal way. No, it's not at all. I was very happy to see it. Let me see if I can find it. I've like, heard that that's the best clubhouse in base. Damn it. Uh, you know why it's the best clubhouse in baseball? Why? Best ceiling fans in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I applaud you. I like it. Good. <laughs> uh, I'm an idiot. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Uh, here it is. This is from, I think, on Monday, if I can read dates correctly. The quote was, let's see, from St. Louis today. Mathena referred to his club as not a big meeting team on Monday, yet acknowledged they've had a lot of meetings in the past three days. <laughs> Matheny and the Cardinals' uh, four core players, Wainwright, Molina, Holiday, and Carpenter, missed all of batting practice Monday and spent several hours in a meeting. It's unusual for Matheny to miss all of batting practice. 
Then he explained that the reason was to go through and sign rules required by Major League Baseball. The other reasons were internal, such as establishing clubhouse policies, as well as addressing concerns that have recently surfaced about the clubhouse's climate, which is what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. Some uh, During some individual and group meetings with players Saturday, Bethany said that the conversations got, quote, pretty raw, but did not offer a specific example. This is all, you know what, this is all just a fucking, this, the cult, uh, what is it, which, what's the movie where Paul Newman plays a pool hustler, is that the color of money? No, it's something else that I'm blanking on. Uh, hang on, this is important so I can make this reference. Uh, 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 oh, hustler. Oh, hustler, yeah. This is. This is a Paul Newman in the Hustler hustle so that uh, they can write the June article about how, oh, they overcame all these early struggles and clubhouse chemistry issues, and all of a sudden they're in the hunt for the wild card. Right? Yeah, it's just, like, it's all bullshit. Oh, no. Maybe they're just hungry from the Cubs eating their lunch this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, you know, bulletin board material. Yes, they certainly will. will be able to generate plenty of that. <laughs> they are down 3 nothing. by the way. Cardinals. Sweet. It is pretty great. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of this weird 3... Opening day. Opening day, yeah, that's great. Because, like, I, I remember that the Royals and Mets were playing, so I went and, you know, checked the, you know, the guide on my DirecTV or whatever, and went to set that to record tonight. But then, uh, I realized, like, oh, baseball starting at eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where to really steal the thunder of your pretty cool opening day matchup there, baseball? Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. Like, opening night made sense and got eyeballs on it. Yeah. But when it's just like, oh yeah, there are three games, one of which starts at noon. No one cares. Yeah. You know, really, you really want to start the season with just like a leisurely stroll, you know? Like, what? Uh-huh. It's, it's still not as weird as when they the was it, they played those opening games in Japan a few years ago. And then the, both teams came back and played a few more exhibition games <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before, uh, the, before their opening day rollout. <laughs> I think that was the Cubs and the Mets, too, now that I think about it. Well, they did that a lot. The Cubs did that a long time ago, but this was the Mets and I want to say Dodgers. Uh, yeah, I, I remember what you're talking about now. Yep, it was a couple uh, of years ago because I think Kershaw. People were like, "Oh no, did that trip break Kershaw?" Because he would, he didn't do very well the first like couple times back or whatever, and then he won the Cy Young. Yeah, well, I can I can confirm from experience that that plane trip sucks. So, yeah. I'm not. I'm not surprised to hear that it messed with them. If indeed it did. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, Cub player, you feel most optimistic to beat their projection? Uh, can I go Where? first? Yeah, go first. Yeah. I'm good. I think I know what yours is going to be. Uh, it's this guy named Addison Russell. He's going to be great. He's just insanely good. Yeah. I think he's going to hit for a lot more power than people expect even even more even more doubles would be good even if yeah. the home runs well, are just, home runs are going to be the the number of people are point going to point to but yeah but that doesn't matter i mean it matters but he just looks big and he's still like 
athletic. Like I don't think it's gonna affect him playing shortstop that much. But he just you know, looks it's, like my only thing with with Russell, and it went away as the year wore on, and he got and he looked like he got more comfortable. But I cannot remember another play, seeing another major league hitter that looked like as stiff necked as he did his first month, like three, first two months or so Mm -hmm. in, in the major leagues. Like it was so weird. Like every, like it just felt like he was like, uh, I don't know. It just felt like he was having like a neck spasm every time he got to the plate. And it was really disconcerting. Mm -hmm. Um, not that that means anything, but yeah. Whatever. Well, I think he was overmatched to start the season. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, no, there's a just, doubt about just that. Look, just looking at the Zips project, projection, uh, they project a line of 252, 307, 413. Um, I mean, that's, that's, not, that's not bad pop from a shortstop. Nope. Um, so, I, but, I, uh, I think his batting average stuff will go up, too, and push all those up. That's kind of more what I'm expecting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and the power means you're not going to be able to just throw it down the middle and say, hit this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I think he'll also have more walks. Like, Zips says that he's going to get 6.8% in walks next year, which is lower than he had last year in the majors. And going throughout the whole minors, he always had good plate discipline. So I just don't see that going forward. Plus the power, I think it's going to be. And, I mean, he's going to... It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, that's the bonus, too. Is like he, he, Even if he like takes no steps forward at all on last year's numbers, he'll still be great for his defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jeff? Um, I mean, Russell was going to be mine, but I feel like I should pick someone else. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with uh, Baez, which might have been your pick. Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> You're doing um, that just to spite me. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, uh, just how I roll. Um, <laughs> no, I just feel so good feeling about him this year. I mean, really, Russell is my pick, also, but. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, as long as he stops sliding headfirst into first base. Uh, yeah, seriously. Uh, I feel I feel pretty good about him, and I think he'll get a lot of PAs. I'm still kind of yeah. iffy about Zobrist for whatever reason. I kind of agree. Yep. I think even, that even, even, a... even though when I, like I went through the projections, it's like oh you know he's someone who's put up like you know 30 WAR the last five years, even with his bad last last season. But there's there's an easy way to imagine that Baez like gets a week worth of starts at second base and then is just the second baseman and Phil Brist becomes the super utility person again because yep. he's very good. Yeah. That uh, that seems like a likely scenario. Um, Zip, just for the record, the Zip's projection for Baez, 248, 301, 443. I think that's a pretty easy projection for him to beat, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I feel like... I could see beating... All three of those slash lines. Totally, uh, definitely the slugging. Like if he, if he, if yeah. I, I feel um, the. Uh, but I mean, 
yeah, 30 games last year, well, 28 games last year, hit 289, 325, 408. Um, I don't know. I just, I, it's going to take a lot to get me off the bias train. Uh, uh, but since you stole mine and we're doing this game, we have to pick someone else. Fuck. Who? God damn it. You don't have to if you don't want to. I mean, <laughs> I mean mine is. I mean, mine is bias, uh, but um, I'm, I'm curious. I want to see the actual projection first before I make this guess, or make this prediction. Um, but, uh, huh. Yeah. I think... It may not be by much, but I think Hayward beats his projection, at least as far as the Zips one goes. 274, 352, 433. I think that's beatable think for him in uh, Wrigley. Yeah, I think he'll have um, like that for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think is I think he'll have surprising homer numbers in Wrigley. Uh, you know, he'll catch a few of those days where the wind's blown out, and he'll get some Just bonus ones. Yeah, he'll have, he'll have some basket homers, things like that. How many home runs um, does it project for him? Seventeen. Oh wow. I guess that sounds about right, but um, more would be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I—I I don't know. I—I I would be, it, you know, his age, what twenty? Twenty-six, right? He's like a, um, he's twenty-six years and seven months right now. So does that make it make this his twenty-six season or twenty-seven? I think twenty-six. Isn't it June first where they date it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's 26 season. Um, you know he has he has a 27 homer year behind him. Granted, it was four years ago, but still, um, you know I think uh, and, and I don't know. And that and just a 274 batting average sounds light for Hayward. Yeah, well, the 350 OBP is what makes me really uh, all, all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. For sure. I'm like, oh, this is a, you know, maybe conservative protection, but it's still like 350. Yeah, I'll take mm-hmm. that. <laughs> uh, and, he could, projecting... and he could easily be the fifth highest OBP on the team. Um, they're they're projecting a 17 percent strikeout rate, which would be a uh, if if that comes true this season, that would be a four year high for him. Uh, so yeah, I don't see that. Yeah. All right, so let's turn the question around because this, this is the question I really wanted to ask: Was uh, the Cub player you feel most pessimistic or, to, or per- most likely to fall short of their projection? So I'll start with that because I that yeah. was just a loaded question because uh, I wanted to say uh, I'm kind of down on Kyle Schwarber for whatever reason. I mean, I think he'll be good, but everyone seems to have penciled him in for you know 30 home runs mm-hmm. or whatever, and. I kind of think he takes a step back this year. I don't. I don't know why. I have no particular reason to point to. But well, uh, I have Zip. a particular reason. Does Zip not like him? Uh, no, no Zip, Zip, Zip likes him. Zip has him at thirty-two homers, two fifty, three thirty-seven, four ninety-six line. Which, yeah, that's wow. Yeah, that's, no, that's, I, that's I, assertive. I, I think he hits less than twenty homers this year. I just, I think, I, I think just, I just stopped feeling it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he plays more than 120 or 130 games this season. Yeah, that's true too. But, uh, 
but like, but like of, all, of all the of all the young guys, like including Baez and Soler, like he's the one I feel. No, no, most likely to actually have a sophomore slump or whatever. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, yeah, he's of of those guys. He's the least seasoned in the minors. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly, because he's just kind of rocketed up. Yeah, like he's he's definitely gone without much failure. Um, now, mm-hmm. the organization has made the argument that that's because his bat was super mature. Um, fine, but like every even the most mature bats fail at some point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can see that. I still. My and I'm jumping into my pick, which is the same pick as last year. I'm just not. I'm I'm so ready to trade. I feel like Solaire is a ticking time bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that you. Well, his zips projection's not very good. Eh. Well, actually, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. It hates him in field, and in what right field? Right. Sure. Of course. Of course. If they really actually platoon, then both their numbers will probably look better this year. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, uh, an, uh, a 7.9% walk rate last year, 30% strikeout rate, uh, and, I mean, granted, it's over, I mean, it's over 400 plate appearances, like, that's not, I don't know. He was, he he had a WRC plus under 100 last year, um, I just don't. And I think the injuries are a real concern. Maybe the bat comes around. I don't know. I'm not crazy about like if I've read some. Yeah, I'm not a scout, obviously, but uh, I've, I've I've read some criticism of the fact that like he's such a an arm swing driven player uh, that uh, and and that is what you know. It's hard for him to uh, ease up on a ball once he commits and starts pulling the trigger, and that is what leads to a lot of strikeouts. Um, Probably injuries too. Sure, yeah, exactly. Um, that, uh, yeah, and it just, I don't know, it adds up to a profile that I'm just not crazy about. And at least he only ever seems to hit against the Cardinals. Well, well, if he only has good games against the Cardinals, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> even, if he's, even if he has a pretty down year, but it's real good against the Cardinals, I'll, I'll take it. Well, yeah, it's, that's, well... Got your Mark Grace there type there, John Darnell. <laughs> what about you, Miles? So I think that there are two good candidates for this. Well, Kyle Schwarber would be my number one candidate. But uh, I also am worried about John Lester. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I, I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I he's penned he's pegged to have a 308 FIP last year and he had a 292 FIP last year. Wait, well, so it's last like, year he had like an awful April and then was John Lester the rest of the way if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. And he, he he had gone through like that weird dead arm in spring and stuff. Whereas this year he seems pretty, you know, as much as spring training stats matter. But he seems, yeah. he seems pretty on top of it, aside from the whole, you know, throwing the baseball anywhere other than home plate thing. Yeah, that's a that's a definite concern. Uh, I just, it's so hard to for me to, I don't know what it is, it's probably more of a mental block than anything. But when I see John Lester, I don't think, yeah, that's, that's someone who's going to put up four and a half wins above replacement. That's someone who's going to have an ERA under two, or have an ERA under three. 
which, you know, he actually has never done except in 2014. <laughs> he's projected for a 298 ERA. And, yeah, I'm not uh, so sure about that. He's I, 33 is not that old. That, that is, is only Yeah. In my mind, I, I think that John Lester is 38, and he's not. <laughs> but uh, he just seems like he's got an old arm. I don't I have had a to- I, uh, this is sort of tangentially related, but I saw an article refer to Michael Bourne as veteran outfielder, and I was like, wait, Michael Bourne's a vet? Oh, I'm old. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, if I, had to, if I had to choose someone that isn't Kyle Schwarber, who I also think is going to struggle this year, uh, I would, I would take John Lester. Yeah. Um... I mean, it's it's funny. I've actually been avoiding thinking about the rotation as much as possible because I, I'm like if I think about it too much, I get really nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sense that, like, oof, like even even Arietta, like the way like as worn out as he seemed at the end of last year, and as tired as he seemed at the end of last year, like is that. Like there's there's some, there's some real question marks in this rotation as far as I'm concerned. Oh, uh, Ham, Hamill's the guy I would have picked uh, if I was picking a pitcher out of out of that set. Uh, Zips thinks that Hamill sucks, and they're right. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's so I went with Lester, who they, they I, his numbers would point to a, a career, not a career year, like the best year John Lester's ever had, but like a very strong year, and I think. I think he'll probably be good, but I don't think he's going to be like a formidable number exactly. two in a playoff rotation. Yeah, like it feels like it, it feels vaguely the way that that 2008 team rotation felt to me with the with uh, uh, <laughs> where it's like a guy with some question marks, but with a high ceiling. Uh, granted, Zimbrano ceiling was never uh, as high as Arietta's, but like. And then it's just, it feels like a, t- a rotation full of threes and fours and just, like, trying to f- f- have mm-hmm. the offense save it, you know? Like, I don't, do you really believe John Lackey is going to, you know, if, what did he have last year, a 2.5 ERA yeah. or something? Yeah. Uh, like, there's no, there's no way that guy does that again. Like, as as dead as his career was, like, out of... Out of Chuckley uh, Beergate. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean... All right, he's he's the last three seasons, three point six wins, two point four, two point four, like that. <sighs> when you're talking about uh, someone who I thought was thirty six, John Lackey really is thirty seven. You, you're you're forgetting about the uh, therapeutic powers of uh, hobo blood that uh, yeah. that that keeps him alive. That's it's, it's like the new HGH. Also. Lackey's last year. Lackey's FIP was a full, well, not a full run, but uh, almost a full run higher than his ERA. Uh, mm-hmm. Two seven seven FIP, three fifty seven or two seventy seven ERA, three fifty seven FIP. There's uh, he. I uh, I get the the moral victory of like, ah, hey, we steal you from, uh, you know, from the Cardinals, but but like, you know, maybe that's a guy that would have been better for us on the Cardinals. <laughs> To, to, to me, he, he he's the pitcher that everyone thinks Jason Hamill is. <laughs> yeah. 
So, sure. So he, he replaced he replaces Jason Hamill on that set. So he gives the production. You feel like the the the, the general consensus seems to be about Jason Hamill, but. But the good thing is that yeah, I think there are some some holes probably in the rotation, but our options to replace them are much stronger than they have been in recent memory. Sure, fair enough. Like there are actual people that you could get excited about. Like Adam Warren is has a good chance of being a major league caliber starting pitcher. He just doesn't have a chance because he's number six on our depth chart. Yeah, that sort of thing. Like even Pierce Johnson or Ryan Williams. Well, Ryan Williams is young, but he was still a good story. It's just it's better than like, you know, I can't remember his name. There were like two pitchers that I could never ever get. Like I could never tell them apart. They were both. They would come in like six times a year in 2013 and just get rocked. And then they get sent down, and then it would happen again two weeks later. Like the Casey Coleman's of the world. Yep, yep. Casey Coleman was one of them, and then I can't get the other one in my head. Um, I will find it. I don't know, man. I am looking at. I'm looking Chris through Russell. the forty man. Oh, Russell. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, yep. I'm uh I'm looking at the uh, the forty man here, and oof, boy, I'm not excited by anybody on this. Like Dwayne Underwood, but he's far away. Um, I mean, Aaron Brooks could be okay. He's injured right now, I think. Yeah, I kind of like him. I mean, I like him as much as a guy that had no chance to make our starting rotation. Yeah. He's he's okay to you know be the seventh guy in your depth chart. Wow, Juan Paniagua is still on the forty man. Huh. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, I did not realize. Just a quick update: the Pirates have now taken a four nothing lead. Mm-hmm. And a double by Jordy Mercer. Hey, I didn't know the Cardinals are playing the Indianapolis Indians. <laughs> Although Jordan the Mercer, was that, 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 that's really they're really the Indianapolis Indians. Yeah. Well, well having an alliterative name was the uh, was the, uh, the, the the sole criteria for for choosing that. I guess there aren't a lot of I names out there. No, but Jordy Mercer would be the best shortstop in on the Cardinals, so it's kind of the doubly funny. <laughs> David, are you still there? Did you disappear? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Just making sure you hadn't disconnected. <laughs> Nope. Like happened a few times ago. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm. Uh, I think that covers everything I had to talk about. I did. Uh, I, I can't remember if I, I mentioned to you guys that I I started in December a uh, a, a minor league team hat collection. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, just I'm excited. Yesterday, added the uh, the uh, Biloxi Shuckers to that collection. Uh, fine, fine little mascot of a of an angry clam. <laughs> Uh, hey, it's an oyster. Get it right. Oysters. Oh man, that is quite the logo. <laughs> right? I got uh, between like that. Then the uh, that's joining the collection of the Fort Wayne tin caps. Uh, Love an angry apple with a pot on its head. Um, Cedar Rapids Colonels. Nice logo. 
uh, one of my personal favorites, the the Montgomery Biscuits. Yes. Uh, the if you haven't seen the logo for that, look at it. It's ridiculous, and I love it. Uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> and the and the right, so good. Yeah, that's, it's, if, if you are listeners at home, team, if you if you, you should have, have a logo like you should have a logo like what. You should have a logo like that. If you are a minor league oh, yeah. baseball team, you should yeah. just make it as awful slash awesome as possible. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I, right? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I get more compliments on that hat than any other piece of clothing I've ever bought in my entire life. People love it. Yeah, I, I get some every once in a while from my uncle, who's a big minor league baseball fan. Um, I got the the Camden River Sharks for Christmas from him last year randomly, even though I don't really care about minor league baseball. That was one of the Indy League teams. I looked them up. Actually, let me see if I could. I think Felix PA was on their team last year. Let me, uh... Um, They had had, had tons uh, of former Cubs. (laughs) Yeah. The the last one I picked up was uh, the Brevard County Manatees, which is, uh... It's just like a BC, but there's like a manatee wrapped around the B waving. It's really, it's fun. I like it. Mm. Well, my, best, uh-huh. the, my favorite one, I don't know if I still have it anymore. I got it several years ago. was from uh, another Pennsylvania team that my uncle got that was, I can't remember the name of the team, if they were actually based anywhere, but they were the, uh, whatever the league was, they were the Barnstormers. And they were a team that yeah. the team that literally had no home field. They were financed by the league, so their team's going to play more home games. Uh, wait, no, Iowa. Wait, the Iowa Barnstormers football. That's not it. Minor league team. Um, this, this was definitely Pennsylvania. It was one Lancaster. Yeah, that's what it was. Lancaster. Lancaster Barnstormers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, surprisingly few like fun. Like I've been, I've been, I keep an, a lookout for like fun logos as far as that goes, and there's not, there's not a ton of like super fun ones. Um, there was the uh, the. I do the lookouts are all right. Um, there's one uh, called the. I can't remember where they're from, but they're the Iron Pigs. Oh uh, yeah. Lehigh. Lehigh Lehigh Valley, yeah, yeah, and uh, and they're. Uh, their lo- their hat logo is just bacon, uh, which is fun. <laughs> I like that. I thought that, I thought that was like a, one, a specific promo. I don't think this was that all year, was it? Or do they do that now? Uh, I don't. I don't know. You can still buy it on milb.com. Yep, twenty eight dollars. Yeah, their logo or their uniform. It just says Bacon USA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would get it, but I don't want to be like people. I don't like. I don't. That would be something where people are. Oh, you're just a douche that loves bacon. No, I don't want to be like. I don't want to. You want to be a bacon hipster. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is sad because that means like they've ruined it. <laughs> yeah. One uh, of the many things they've taken away from us. Yeah. Like well. Hipster appropriation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho, that well, covers everything I've got. Let, let, let's wrap it up by uh, taking a look at opening day lineups from the past uh, several years okay. <laughs> for the Chicago Cubs. Um, so let's start with uh, 2011. Back the last time we thought the team might be good in the uh, Joe Quade days. Not Joe Quade. Mike Quade. 
people mm-hmm. thought the 2011 team might be good. Yeah. The, 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 there was those kinds of things. I mean, we still had, like, Ramirez and, you know, Soriano and... Yeah, I remember. I I remember being distinctly under uh, no delusions whatsoever that the 2011 team was going to be good. <laughs> no, this is a respectable lineup. Do you yeah. want me to run it down? Go for it. Fukudome in right, Castro in. Fukudome after it had already been clear that Fukudome was not a major league baseball player. Well, he was, Bird, he was a great second division outfielder, which he was. <laughs> <laughs> at center field and batting third. Clean up, Aramis Ramirez. Carlos Pena. Soto at catcher, batting sixth. Soriano in the seven hole. Oh, wow. Uh, Darwin Barney, uh, second base and eight. Ryan Dempster, our opening day starter that year. I think that was the year that Barney led the team in war. Um, let me, I'm looking at it now, let me see. Um, where's player value? Or no, nope. oh, uh, Castro, Castro, yeah, with a whopping three baseball ref war. All right, Maybe. and then twenty twenty twelve is when it starts to get pretty bad. Twenty twelve was when they made the guards uh, that that offseason they made the guards a trade, right? Or was it no, was- trading? 2011 was Hendry's last year. That's when he was fired mid-season and no one found out about it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 2012, 2012 was the Darwin Marnie uh, baseball yeah. run for. Was 2012 was the first Theo year? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, thought was, I thought 2012 was Chicken and Beer Gate, but I guess not. Okay. No, that was 2011 because I was in Rhode Island then. Ah. Uh. And got to listen to it break live on the on the sports radio stations there. <laughs> so twenty twelve, De Jesus at right, Darwin Barney in the two hole, batting second, uh, playing second. Starlin Castro at shortstop, Soriano at left, Ian Stewart playing third base, Jeff Baker our first baseman, Marlon Bird at center, batting seventh, Soto is our catcher. Dempster again gets the opening day nod. Uh, I'm sorry. This 2011 team has Doug Davis on it. Fuck that. There's no way this team is going to be good. <laughs> I forgot about the Doug Davis era. Doug Davis how how, how, how like did I forget? <laughs> one of the most player or uh, computer generated player names of 2011. Definitely. It was Doug Davis. Uh. All right. 2013. The, yep. li- the lineup was David DeJesus in center, Castro at sort, Rizzo at first base, Soriano in left, Nate Shearholtz, so remember us that era. Yeah. Right field. He's a good platoon guy. Yeah. He he was much better than I expected while he was with the Cubs, but... I expect him to be yeah. absolutely garbage. Yeah, I expect him to be sub Who did we trade him for? We got, we got a useful piece out of him, didn't we? I think we just released him. No, they moved him. Um, no, they 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 didn't. You're thinking uh, of Nate Sherholtz okay. being traded for Hunter Pence alongside some other crap. Yeah, when did that happen? The next uh, the next year. Oh, after. Oh, okay, gotcha. 
And continuing on, uh, Wellington Castillo batting uh, six. Luis Valbuena, fan favorite. And third, <laughs> Brent Littlebridge <laughs> batting eighth. God. That's about as low as it goes. Oh, and, and, and the transformed Jeff Sarmarja starting. I remember in, so this was 2013, I remember in 2012 going out to a bar in Austin with uh, with GW from the blog, watching that Jeff Sarmarja start and just being totally floored. Both of us were expecting him not to make it through the second inning, and I think he pitched a complete game. Eight innings, two hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. No, it wasn't, it wasn't this game. This was this was the year before, uh, 2011. We, uh, we were all arguing that he was going to suck. But it just reminded me seeing him there. Carlos Marmol was still with the team. Mm-hmm. Only, but, one, only one walk in his appearance, surprisingly. Oh. Yeah, he faced two batters. The other got a hit. And 2014, so not that long ago, two years ago, the lineup was Emilio Bonifacio, Junior Lake. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's the 1-2. Less than uh, 20, 24 months ago. Starlin Castro, Anthony Rizzo, Mike Olt. Mike Olt. <laughs> Mike Olt. Wellington Castillo, Nate Sheerholtz, Darwin Barney. Remember, remember that moment when people were talking themselves into Mike Olt being a useful piece? <laughs> Yeah, I was one of those people. He was good before that concussion. I mean, yeah, you know, you're you're talking to the the, the Randy Wells greatest supporter here. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll always I'll always believe the players will bounce back from injury and be just as good, if not better, than before. For as for as much talk about what a fleecing that trade was, the best most valuable piece we got out of it was fucking what Neil Ramirez, like mm-hmm. who barely made the team this year. Yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, so just two, a... so just, just just two years ago, they're starting Bonifacio, Lake, Olt, Sheerholtz, and Darwin Barney. Get get the distinct feeling the Rangers won the Garza trade. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Didn't Garza suck when he went over with them too? I think that was kind of a lose lose trade. Yeah, he was not very good for them. And last year, Mike Olt was in the starting lineup for the third year in a row last year as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Along with Fowler, Soler, Rizzo, Castro, Coglin. Did we did we move Olt? Uh, I think I think we just released him. Oh, okay. Yeah, we moved him onto a bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just makes me think he really moved the, the me white, to a bigger house. Them off waivers. And Ross, Lester, uh, and Lestella that year. But we've, we've come a long way from three straight years of starting Mike Olt. And... We've come a long way from Brett Lillibridge. <laughs> Brett Lillibridge. That's definitely, yeah. the, that's definitely the lowest of the low points when Brett Lillibridge is in your opening day lineup. I remember going to, like, uh, I think it was 2013 spring training... And seeing Brett Lillibridge and getting like physically upset <laughs> the fact that I had like saw him, <laughs> like, uh, and then I also uh, like I remember 
like <laughs> Castillo was I got like I was seeing the the game there's a game at uh, the Dodgers spring training park and uh, Castillo was standing in the on deck circle and I got tickets that were like right behind home plate uh-huh. and uh, they I just like I wanted to I wanted to be like Beef Castle but I was like nervous about it so I was just like Beef Castle and <laughs> he would not acknowledge me at all. <laughs> All right. That's well, all. Well, I guess let's wrap it up. Unless anyone uh, else yeah. wants to say anything. No. Nope. I think we're good. Very excited. Next time yeah. we record, the Cubs will have played baseball games. Hell Real yeah. ones that matter. Listen to every word.